Hello, and welcome to Unabridged, the weekly podcast where teachers take on books. This is Sarah. Join us for bookish episodes and a monthly book club pick. This is Ashley. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Unabridged Pod, or go to our website, unabridgedpod.com, where the books we read are linked for purchase. This is Jen. Check out our Teachers Pay Teachers store, our Patreon page, and our newsletter. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to support us. You want opinions about books? We've got them. Hello, everyone. We are here today with one of my favorite episodes, our 2019 Unabridged Awards. And we are going to award our books. It's a little different than other awards that other bookish places give because we kind of title our own. So we are going to do that today. But before we get started, we want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Share our podcast with your bookish friends because that is the best thing you can do for us is to um, tell other people about us so that we can get more listeners and be able to reach out to more bookish people. So if you could do that, that would be great. But anyway, let's get on with the show. So we are going talking, sorry, we are talking 2019 Unabridged Awards. So we have some categories. We have two books that we individually love this year. We have one children's book recommendation. And then we're going to go with, again, you know how I love this, one that just wasn't our cup of tea. And then lastly, our favorite from the podcast. So we're going to get started with two books we individually love this year. Jen, do you want to start us off? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So I will just say that on our notes for this episode, (laughs) I still have like 15 books listed because y'all know I am indecisive. So somewhere I will let you know (laughs) on social media, I will share the other books that I just could not bear not to put on those show notes, even though I knew I had to pick only two. (laughs) I have a hard time. So, but the two I chose are Madeline Miller's The Song of Achilles and Adib Karam's Darius the Great is Not Okay. Madeline Miller's Song of Achilles has won this year Best Reinterpretation of a Classic. So the Song of Achilles is Madeline Miller's reinterpretation of the Iliad, and it is told from Patroclus's point of view. Patroclus is Achilles' friend and lover, and it is told from his perspective. So instead of focusing on the famous hero who is invulnerable, You see this person who knows from a very young age that he is flawed and that he is not perfect and he's a bit of an outsider, but because of that, he is beautifully vulnerable and open to loving Achilles and to accepting other people and to these amazing friendships that you see develop through the Iliad. And I just found this book to be beautiful on every level. Miller is an amazing writer Every sentence is just gorgeous. And then the ideas that she pulls from this ancient Greek text, which I will say I've not read. I've read of it and like sections from it, but I've never read it all the way through. But just the ideas she pulls from it and the things she chooses to emphasize, I think are really lovely. And immediately after this, I read her other book and Circe, which was also great. I got to see her speak at the National Book Festival, and she is crazy brilliant. And just listening to her talk about her motivation in approaching classics from a different angle was really fascinating and really, I I just think inspirational. Maybe that's a weird word, but anyway. 
I know Ashley loved this one too. I did. I did. Jen recommended this one to me and I also would put it on as one of my, like Jen said, it is hard to narrow it down. So it would be on, for sure, it was one of my top reads this year. It's really, so you should read that. And then my other choice, Darius the Great is Not Okay, I I chose as my most tear-jerking YA novel. I was looking back at my reviews from the year and I said that I cried so much during this one that my older son asked what was going on with me because my <laughs> eyes were red and my face was puffy. But Darius is really, yeah. And, and I love a book that makes me cry. So Darius the Great is Not Okay focuses on a character named Darius who it was born in America, but whose family is very proud of their Persian heritage. And he faces a lot of bullying. He... He suffers from depression and is on medication for his depression. And the book is really frank in talking about the implications of that and the way that the medication affects him and the fact that he has to deal with side effects from the medication. His father also suffers from depression. And it's one of those things where his dad almost is living through Darius and trying to protect him from the things that he has gone through. And then fairly early on in the novel, Darius and his family travel back to Iran and you see Darius seeing this important part of his culture for the first time and seeing family that he has never met in person before. And so it's like he's finding his place and he's sort of getting his footing in this strange new experience. And it is just this beautiful, it's coming of age. It's about self-discovery. There are parts that are just so heart-wrenching because Karam's writing makes you feel every emotion that Darius goes through. And I just, it it is absolutely phenomenal. Whether you like YA or not, I would recommend this novel. I think everyone could find something relatable about it. So, okay, that was very long-winded. I apologize. But those <laughs> that are sounds my great, two picks. Though. It made me want to put it on my list. Yes, that, that one's top of top of one of my top of my TBR stack. <laughs> one, one, one of the many. No, I was thinking that um, I probably will add that to my 2020 TBR because I've been wanting to read that for quite a while and haven't gotten to it yet. Uh, Ashley, your turn. <laughs> I'll go last since I started the podcast today. <laughs> so I wanted to talk first about Good Talk by Mira Jacob. And the award I give this is a poignant, hilarious, and brilliant graphic memoir with a -a one-of-a-kind style. And the reason this one came to the top of the list quickly for me was that I thought it was really powerful and brilliant, but also just so different from anything else I'd read. It's very different in style from any of the graphic novels and graphic memoirs that I've read. And it also is really different from reading a prose book. And so I just thought it stood out in that way. It's so unique. But I just love her commentary on she is her family is from India. She is American. Her husband is Jewish and therefore has, you know, she has brown skin. He has white looking skin or beige skin and they have a son together. And so a lot of it is as they as her son has gotten older, it's his coming to understand himself in a world and in a country that has a lot of racial dynamics to navigate. And so I just think I mean she would just put these scenes of her with her young son 
talking about, he would ask these really profound and hard questions at the age of like six. Mm -hmm. And then it's her struggling through how to respond to those in a way that brings about meaning and trying to explain some really complex things. And I think that she does a great job of speaking to her personal experiences, but also talking about, I mean, she deals with 9-11 and what that was like and what that was like to have brown skin in New York at the time that that happened. And she also talks about the election of Trump and what that has been like for her family. And particularly, she looks at the dynamics between her husband's parents and herself as she's trying to, and and herself and her husband, as they're trying to navigate this really difficult and polarizing election and what that's done for her. And the ways that she, I mean, I think the title of the book is indicative of her attitude Mm -hmm. about how it's important to have, it's important to talk about these issues and it's important to try to work through them in a way that brings us together instead of pulling us apart. And I think that is really difficult to do. Mm -hmm. And I just really admire her commentary and her willingness to speak to how hard those issues are, but to not close the doors on hard conversations. And so both with her child, who she has so much hope for, and also with her family, where they have these really complex dynamics that she's willing to keep working through those dynamics. And so, um, yeah, again, that is Good Talk by Mira Jacob. And I think it is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I it's also amazing to me as an aside that she wrote prose prior. So she, her background is not art, and so mm-hmm. I think that is really fascinating too. So she does all of the art in the book and I mean it's just really that's pretty remarkable. So that is that's definitely one. on my list. Mine too. It is amazing. You can't go wrong with reading that one. And the other one that I wanted to so I, that one stood out to me a lot. And then after that, like Jen, I have quite a few listed here that I, all of which I read and absolutely loved this year. But one that I read recently that is really straight, stayed with me is Frederick Bachman's Bear Town. Mm-hmm. And so the award that I give this one is a gripping story that's all about sports, except that it's really all about <laughs> life. <laughs> and I think when I heard, so this is set in a Swedish small town and it is all about hockey. And I, listeners know that I am not interested in a sports book. I feel like we have thoroughly covered this. I do sportish things. I remember having this weird conversation where I tried to explain that I was like sort of athletic, but and I think anyway, I giggled kind of like I just did. Anyway, and offended so, Ashley the first time. I feel like that's how all that went. Um, so no need to rehash that conversation. But basic thing is, I like to do the things. I am not in any way interested in watching them, reading about them, keeping up with them, having a fan of them none of that okay so because of that I usually am not interested in sports books because I don't care about the whole like following a team thing and this is very much about small town hockey Mm -hmm. and the way that that can dominate a society and I think what I thought was so phenomenal about it so it's about that and it's about the hockey team but it shows the angles I mean, he's just such a masterful writer of showing all of the angles of the parents. So you really get into the manager and what his situation is like and his wife, who's a lawyer, and what her situation is like, what it is like for their children to be the children of the manager of this hockey team in a small town, all the politics that go into play of the companies in the town that put their money in and keep the keep the team going and how they have all this influence 
And so I think you get all of that. You have a great perspective on the kids, on the team, and each of them is so unique mm-hmm. in complex. And mm-hmm. there are a lot of characters that I think you get this great, really in-depth humanity of the character and you can see all the parts of the person. And I just think that's really hard mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. And I, I love, so I loved all that. And I also loved that. I think Bachman gets to the core of how, what we revel in, in sports is actually what can be so destructive in society. Mm-hmm. And I think that was powerful too, because I think without in any way minimizing the joy that sports can bring and the way that that can bring meaning to people, he also shows the toxic masculinity involved in it and how sometimes that attitude that's so pervasive in the locker room and on the ice, that is what enables these horrendous things that happen in the book to happen Mm -hmm. and the way that those things spiral out of control and no one will take up accountability for them. Mm -hmm. And so I just feel like it was a phenomenal book and one that I, I listened to it. I loved listening. I would read it again. And I would love to read the paper copy because I think that there were just so many moments that were so quotable and that spoke to what it means to be human mm-hmm. within the context of these characters. And so, yeah, I loved that. So, again, that was Frederick Bachman's Bear Town. I love that, too. Mm-hmm. I think he is a, a tremendous writer. Yeah. He just he can turn a phrase very well. I'm going to make Sarah laugh. He is an auto buy for me. <laughs> <laughs> that is shocking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sarah, what about you? So, unlike Ashley and Jen, my well, one of mine was just so easy to pick. And I loved The Heart's Invisible Furies by John Boynton this year. It was actually the recommendation Jen made for me on our recommendations episode um, several months month ago. And I read it and I don't know. It has stuck with me. I'm sure everybody's tired of hearing me talk about it, <laughs> but I I just loved it. And the award I give it is best book of my year and on my top five of all time. I mean, it was that good. And I just wanted to hug it. And I just, it's just so good. It's basically told from the perspective of the main character, Cyril, but it gives more than that. It goes goes to how he was conceived and the circumstances around his conception and then it gives this whole portrait of a life and it's all the joy I mean it really I felt like it really captured life like it Mm -hmm. captured all the joys but also the heartache Mm -hmm. and the gut-wrenching things that happen and that there are bad people in the world but they're also just amazing people in the world and I just thought that Boyne was able to capture all of that. And with Cyril, he was able to give us this narrator who both had all these problems and like all these terrible things happen, but also this wit and, um, and just compassion in the spirit of, of this human being who's just making his way. And it, it, I just felt like his life had all these textures and layers and he, uh, like by the end, I was like, he lived like 10 lives because mm-hmm. he had so many remarkable experiences. And I don't know, it just, I just love this book. And it is hard to even do it justice talking about it because it's just a beautiful story of a life and a life well lived because mm-hmm. by the end you, you are satisfied with the conclusion of the story. And I just think it is amazing. I, it is like, it is one of the best books I've ever read. So that is the, 
<laughs> and I have been talking about it ad nauseum to all my friends. <laughs> when I'm just now finishing it, and I am absolutely captivated. So I have not heard about it too much because now I'm ready uh, yeah. to have all the discussion. Because yeah, just like you said, Sarah, it's just phenomenal. Yes, it's yeah. I think I think what I love about the book is that he. He, he talks about these really difficult experiences, but Cyril is so funny. Like yeah. I laughed. There are horrific things that happen during the book, but I also laughed out yeah. loud uh-huh. during the book. And I just think that is a remarkable writer and storytell and that's remarkable storytelling mm-hmm. to be able to have your reader be on both ends of those spectrums tons of times during the course of the book. Yeah. So and I usually don't like a saga, like uh, this long, you know, drawn, not drawn out, but long telling of a mm-hmm. life. Uh-huh. And I love this. So that's that's my first one, John Boyne's The Heart's Invisible Furies. And then my second one is getting the, wor- the award of Best Nonfiction That Reads Like a Thriller. And this is another one I talked about way too much she people... made me read it <laughs> i mean my and friend it is high up on my <laughs> listening tbr yeah, so. and our friend tim read it mm-hmm. because i wouldn't shut up about it so <laughs> this book is american kingpin by nick bilton and the actual total is it's a long um non-fiction title it's american mm-hmm. kingpin the epic hunt for the criminal mastermind behind the silk road And what I loved about this is I actually heard someone talking about it on What Should I Read Next and Bogle's podcast. And he also said when he was talking about that it read like a thriller. And I like nonfiction, but I like nonfiction that is narrative and has a story and moves quickly. So I was like, oh, I'm interested in this. And it sounds really compelling. And what I thought was really intriguing was that it this all went down like 2011 to 2013 or 14 and I had no clue. And I mean, that was not that long ago mm-hmm. and it was this huge thing. So basically it's about this 26 year old guy named Ross Albrecht. He was brilliant. He was a programmer and he, he subscribed to libertarian ideals and he thought that, people shouldn't be able to choose whether they want to take drugs or not take drugs. Or He was just very much into the ability of a person to decide what's right for them. And so he created this huge company called the Silk Road where people could come and come on the dark web and trade anything they wanted to. Guns, drugs, organs, I mean, everything. And he ran it. And they made it was like a $1.2 billion company when they finally took it down. And I mean, it's a pretty remarkable story. It's a story about someone who like in in the beginning is just trying to do what he feels mm-hmm. is right and how things can grow. And it's about it's about the law enforcement that was trying to take him down. It's about the inefficiencies in our government. It's about uh, the corruption in the government. I mean, there is a lot tackled in this book. And I just found it really fascinating and compelling. And again, something that happened in the very recent uh, past that I had no clue about. So I thought it was great. So that is American Kingpin, the epic hunt for the criminal mastermind behind the Silk Road. <laughs> That's a mouthful um, by Nick Bilton. And it is, it is really, really good. So that, those are my two 
for the best, my best books of the year. Okay, so those are our individual picks of books that we read individually and loved this year. So let's move on to our book recommendations for children's books. And Ashley, do you want to start since Jen started last time? Sure, I'd be happy to talk about this. And I, this is one also where I think that I have quite a few because I have a three-year-old and five-year-old at home. And so I spend a ton of time with children's literature. But one that I chose that I have really been enjoying sharing with my girls. I have two daughters. It's Grace Byers, I Am Enough. And this is just a really, I the um, award that I gave it was the most affirming story about accepting oneself. I just think it's really focused on positive self-image and representation of a lot of different kinds of girls, particularly in how they can be all of these things, but whatever things that they are, they are enough. And that is what matters. And that's what they hold on to in the story. And I think that that's just a really great message for kids. So, you know, I, yeah, it's a pretty, really, pretty straightforward recommendation there. I just think it's a really affirming book. I think it's great for girls particularly, but I also think it's great for boys to see all the ways that people can be different, but that all of us have the ability to be enough, that what we are is enough. I read that one with my daughter and she's eight and she loved it and I loved it. And the illustrations are beautiful. Yes. So I think that I, I co-sign that recommendation. <laughs> Jen, what's yours? All right. I'm switching right now as we speak. We're watching Jen furiously <laughs> typing over here. Well, and I just had a really hard time with this because there are some books that stood out, but I decided this year to reread the Harry Potter series and I loved your Instagram post. Me too. By the way. Me too. That has just been really a journey. So I'd only read it once. And I read, I think the first three books pretty quickly, they were all out. And then I read the rest as they came out. And then that was it. And I saw the movies as they came out. But I decided to reread them. And oh my goodness, it, it was just, I'm so glad I did it. I have missed rereading, but also that series, like I just think that what it shows about humanity and about people's ability to change and about people's ability to be complex and to have good hidden within them, even if it's hard to see. And just on a personal level, this has been a journey I've taken with my boys. So my older son has read the Harry Potter series. He, he probably says like 16 times or something ridiculous, but he has read it over and over and over. My younger son has not. But what I would do is I would read the book, reread the book, and then we would all three rewatch the movie together. And that has just been really neat. So we've had some great conversations. And so, yeah, I was switching midstream because I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to talk about that. So if you haven't read it, I really recommend that you read it for the first time. And if you're like me and you've read it only once, it is worth a reread. J.K. Rowling is just a genius. And the amount of just stuff that she puts in that book and the things that she made me think about that are so relevant today, even though the book is, you know, it, 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 I don't know if it's classic yet. I think it's a classic. But I, it, she just had so much foresight and that, yeah, I just, I could go on and on and I'm becoming incoherent, but I would just say <laughs> that rereading the Harry Potter series in general, sorry to pick, you know, seven books, but <laughs> that is going to be my children's book recommendation. So the best series to reread would be Harry Potter. Mm, I like that. Well, mine is actually one that we talked about on the podcast last spring and it has really stuck with me. And I chose this one because I'm not a huge graphic novel reader. I've read a couple that I really liked, and this is one that I thought was 
phenomenal. And I, I'm giving it the award best graphic novel I have read and also got to meet the author because, (laughs) because we, yes, it was so exciting. The three of us went to the Virginia festival, the book, and we got to meet Jared Krasowska and we got to have our picture taken with him and I got my book signed and that was really thrilling for me. And I'm sure for, I don't want to speak for Jen and Ashley, but I'm sure. sure. Yes. And this uh, book, I, I think that it's another, it is really remarkable because he does the illustrations and he does all the writing. And this was a autobiog- autobiographical graphic, wait, he, graphic memoir. memoir yeah. yeah, he didn't call it a graphic novel, graphic memoir. And it is just, it is so good. It is about his his upbringing with, um, and his mother was an addict and uh, him being able to navigate that with her and try, and the kind of fraught relationship they had and his relationship with his grandparents who provided a, a stable home environment mm-hmm. for him and it is just a great a, gr- a great story and just really heartfelt mm-hmm. and honest and I just really thought it was interesting to read a book from that perspective. Mm-hmm. And um, and I really thought what he did with the illustrations in the book was remarkable. And he was fantastic when we got to see him in person. So that is going to be my pick for my children's book is Hey Kiddo. I don't think I ever said the title. Hey Kiddo by Jared Krasowska. And it was fantastic. So he just released, did you all see, he just released the audio version of that. Oh, and it's wow. told with a full cast. It has a full cast. And he got the rights to a lot of the music. So I was thinking about when we saw him, yes. he had this great multimedia presentation. And I, from what he said, it sounds like it kind of mimics that experience. Oh, so I'm that considering was listening yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I would definitely be, I mean, I would reread it. I mm-hmm. thought, because I actually gave that book to my mom and she's, she's not a graphic, no, a graphic memoir or graphic novel reader. Mm-hmm. And I said, you have to try this. And she just loved it too. So I think it's just, it kind of transcend, it transcends yeah. mm-hmm. what you might, if you have a preconceived notion about a graphic novel mm-hmm. or a memoir, it, it kind of transcends that, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here goes my favorite. We're going <laughs> to there I'm getting side eye here. <laughs> note for the note for the audio. Side eye. No, I'm just kidding. It's not my favorite, but I do think it's important that as readers we are able to talk about the books that maybe not that they're bad books, but that books that maybe weren't our cup of tea or that didn't meet our needs at the time. Mm-hmm. So this is we're just gonna talk about one book that wasn't our cup of tea this year. Jen? Yes. I'm going to make you start. This right. is it. <laughs> so mine is Elizabeth McCracken's Bowl Away. And I read this as a result of the Morning News Tournament of Books, their summer camp. This was one of the books that was nominated. And this is my first Elizabeth McCracken book. And I have heard great things about her writing. And I really, really, really wanted to like this. And it has a lot of things that I normally like. It is whimsical. It's pretty quirky. The center of the book is is actually bowling. It's a bowling alley that does candle pin bowling, which is a thing I'd never heard of. It's apparently very popular in New England. It's a historical novel, which I love. It's a family saga, which I love. But this is one that for some reason, all of those pieces didn't just come together. It was too quirky. It was too... I felt like it was so focused on the quirk and the whimsy 
that I didn't get to know the characters in the way I wanted to. And so while I could objectively admire some of the writing, which is quite strong, it, it was just a book that I found myself, I, I kind of forced myself to finish it till the end, continually hoping that it would click for me and it, it just never did. So I was really sad and I, I hate to say that because, and I'll, I'll probably try another McCracken book because I've heard a lot of people who I admire and trust say that they, she's one of their favorite writers, but this particular book is just not meant for me. Ashley. So I chose the X by Alifair Burke and this one is not, I mean, it's just not really in my normal wheelhouse of books that I like. Um, it's a thriller. And so I read it upon recommendation and there were things I did enjoy about it, but it just felt, I just wasn't super compelled. And mm -hmm. I think that's what I'm looking for in a thriller is yeah. a, I want it to be a page turner that I'm really tearing through the story. So this one, Jack Harris is the main character and he has been convicted of a triple homicide and in the opening. And so it's the unpacking of that situation and what led to that moment where he is seemingly, um, you know, he has been framed for this because like the circumstances of him being in the place were quite unusual. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it just seems like someone's probably framing him and it gets to be where he has been convicted and a woman, Olivia Randall, she's the other main character from his, like they had passed a romantic past together that had gone really badly a long time before. And she gets involved as the lawyer of the case. Um, and so, you know, drama ensues. And <laughs> Just listening to Ashley talk about this, I could never imagine. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. I think, I think like, again, it was fine. I mean, I, I really didn't dislike it. I just felt like, I, it wasn't super compelling and that's yeah. what I'm looking for. And so I think it was fine. There were some interesting things about the plot, but yeah, I, I just, it didn't move for me. Like I had heard it to, you know, that it really moved for other people. Mm -hmm. So again, that was the X by Alifair Burke and it was not my cup of tea. <laughs> for me this year, I am going to talk about one that I, it was not that I hated it. It just was not what I what I wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. And that is Stephanie Land's Maid. And what I loved about this book is I thought it brought up some really, really interesting and important topics about poverty mm -hmm. and the working poor and just issues in our government that prevent people from getting ahead and kind of rising out of what, what they're in. Yeah. I, and I thought... That was super compelling and interesting to read about. And we read this actually for a book club. And, and this book brought with it fantastic discussion for a book club. What I didn't like about the book itself is that, so it what it does is Stephanie Land, she is a single mom. She is trying to make ends meet for her daughter and her. And she becomes, she cleans houses for people for a cleaning company and she's never able to get ahead with her finances and being able to get out of assisted housing. Mm -hmm. And she's just trying to, she's trying to do more for her daughter and for herself. And she just, it just seems impossible with the way that uh, the welfare system is structured. And so she is, she is constantly working to improve her 
her life. Mm-hmm. And it is, it just it doesn't go well. And what I, what I didn't like about it is she describes her cleaning jobs. And I felt like it was a really voyeuristic experience mm-hmm. reading about her telling these intimate details of people's, what people's houses, what people's houses had in them about their, their grief and what she observed about the houses she cleaned. I felt really, it, it just felt uncomfortable to me. I didn't like all those details and it felt, um, invasive for her to talk about other people's stuff. I mean, like their garbage and what's on their bathroom floor. I mean, just all this, that was very uncomfortable for me. And I thought some of it was kind of repetitive. Mm -hmm. Once we got going in the story, there was a lot of repetition of that, of learning about what was in people's houses and her experience in the house and all that. So that is why it was not for me. I think it's great to foster discussion. I think it's a great book that, that needs to be discussed in terms of what it covers. But if for me, just the narrative structure yeah. and what what she covered in the book just didn't quite meet my needs mm-hmm. and made me feel a little uncomfortable. Jen read it too. Yeah. She was in book club. Did you? I Yeah, I agree. I, I just, I felt like with a good editor, it could have had a more compelling forward motion mm-hmm. and there were things about the timeline that were pretty slippery, but mm-hmm. yet quite important to the course of her story. Yeah. It, it just, it was like there was a good potential there and I agree absolutely about the discussion and the topics she brings up, but it just needed something to move up to the <laughs> next step. Yeah. Those are, are the books that we chose again, not because we hated them, but because they were just not our cup of tea or we just, they weren't, they didn't blow us away. But if you read one of these and it is, you think that it is great, please, we would love to have that discussion and dialogue with you. So hit us up on Instagram and we would love to discuss it with you. Our last category for this episode is going to be our favorite from the podcast this year. And uh, I'm going to let Ashley start this one. So I, there were a lot that we read that I really loved this year, but I chose Brian Stevenson's Just Mercy because I, I just thought it was groundbreaking. I feel like it is a phenomenal book that is super important about an issue that is still really affecting our country. I mean, we're talking about both people who are convicted of crimes unfairly and then not given the representation that they need in order to have a fair trial. So that's one issue. And then the death penalty and what that means. And those things are still happening. We still have executions. And so I think that it forces people to take an honest and straightforward look at something Mm -hmm. that is really dark in our society. And I appreciate a book that can help us do that. And so I had wanted to read it for a long time, but had never gotten it, gotten around to reading it. And I'm just really thankful that I did. So again, that was Brian Stevenson's Just Mercy. Jen? So my pick is Evie Zaboy's Pride. And we read this in an episode that focused on her and her work. And this was the first time I'd read books by her. So I will just say as an author, I was so glad to finally read her books and to sort of discover another autobi author, I think. (laughs) And I love Pride because as has become apparent through the episode, I love a a classic rewrite and this is based on Pride and Prejudice. But I think as the boy updated it, she was able to 
dig into a lot of issues that are really relevant today. And so I always think that's so smart when authors can take something old and show the parts of it that are still relevant. So it has a lot to say about class and about race and about discrimination of a different type than in Pride and Prejudice, but one that is obviously no less important in Pride. And so that's my pick. That's a good one, too. I, I really thought about Just Mercy, too, Ashley, because too. I thought... <laughs> she got it first. I, I know. <laughs> Ashley was on the ball with that one. Uh, because I really thought that the nonfiction we read this mm-hmm. year for the podcast was terrific. Yeah. And Just I, just Mercy and then my also my pick, Dope Sick by Beth Macy. I just felt that those two books this year for me were just eye open, really mm-hmm. eye-opening and really life-changing I mean the reading both of those really changed my perspective on a lot of things and so for my pick I chose Beth Macy's Dope Sick another author we got to see speak which was really amazing but I think what Dope Sick the reason that Dope Sick really touched me and stuck out to me is that it is like our backyard Mm -hmm. this the stuff that Beth Macy covers in the book are about the opioid crisis are things that are happening like in the county that I grew up in and in places that are just right along the corridor the 81 uh, the highway 81 corridor where we live and it was just I mean it was infuriating Mm -hmm. to read about the big drug companies and it was just heartbreaking to read about people whose lives have been consumed by addiction because of things that were out of their control. And I I just thought that it was totally, it was a life-changing experience mm-hmm. to read it. It totally changed my perspective on addiction and um, the, and like big pharmaceutical companies mm-hmm. and the way that we, that I interact with doctors. I mean, mm-hmm. it really gave me a lot to think about. So I think it was a fantastic book. I thought it was well-written. Mm-hmm. I thought it gave a lot of great statistics, but also personal stories about the effects of addiction and what happens when pop, both poverty and people who live, who are affected by poverty are preyed upon. I mean, I just thought it was a phenomenal book and I I would read it again in a heartbeat. And I think it's a book that everybody should read. So that's why it's my favorite from the podcast. So that was Dope Sick by Beth Macy. Okay, so we are now at our Give Me One Topic. And today's Give Me One Topic is a fact that might, that people might be surprised to know about you. Ashley, what is something that we will be surprised to learn? So you two know this. (laughs) But listeners, you may not know that I had a lot of jobs. I've had a lot of jobs, okay? (laughs) But particularly when I was in college and high school, I had a lot of jobs. And one of them, I was a whitewater rafting guide on the Ocoee River in Tennessee. And so that was really fun. I did like the high ropes course and I helped with rappelling and help people on the wall there and then I also did the whitewater rafting and I drove I I can't believe I did this now it's a little terrifying to me to think about it but I also drove the van (laughs) that pulled the that pulled the boats which I feel sure was not a great decision for a 19 year old to be doing but anyway I, I did those things so that may be a surprise it's a random fact about me there you go whitewater rafting 
Jen. <laughs> so this is not nearly as exciting, but I will say, so I'm pretty solidly in the English major category, which is not surprising, but I was also a biology minor when I was in college. And so I consider being pre-med and I really love science. So even though at some point I knew that that was not my future career, I love the classes enough that I just kept going. So for me, I'm going to go with, I was, I used to be a banker and a loan officer before I became a teacher. I went to school and got my, <laughs> I got my market, a marketing degree and then I got an MBA and then I switched to teaching and uh, right before, right after I guess my son was born, I switched to teaching and I've never been back to business. So that's my random fact. We'd like to thank you all for listening today. We hope you liked our Give Me One. If you want to tell us some of your random facts, we'd love to hear about those on social media. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We'd love to hear them. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at UnabridgedPod or on the web at UnabridgedPod.com for a list of ways to support us. We'd like to thank Jared Featherstone, who composed our theme music, Strings of Light, and Katie Amy of Amy Photography, our podcast photographer. Thanks for listening to Unabridged.